Can you describe its form? No. Start from the beginning. What do you think I do when you're away? You think I'm out in the garden, pining, looking up at the sky? <laughs> Why aren't you here? I gotta leave a day early. Here. Let me see him. He's extremely ill. You have to tell me where he was, what he was doing. It was his decision to go in. It's something they termed the shimmer. We've sent in drones and teams of people, but nothing comes back. But something has. You're a biologist. You served in the military. If I knew what happened, I could save his life. It's getting bigger, it's expanding. We're talking cities, states. You need to know what's inside. So do I. It's beautiful. Check this out. It's like they're stuck in a continuous mutation. Anything interesting in there? No. Sharks have teeth like that. It's not possible. You can't crossbreed different species. What is it? The soldiers on the last expedition. They went crazy. Or something in here killed them. Something's come through the fence. Through the fence? <laughs> we have to go back. I can't go back. We can camp here tonight. <laughs> it's destroying everything. It's not destroying. It's making something new. Welcome to Film Punch. We just watched Annihilation, a movie directed by Alex Garland and starring Natalie Portman and a few other people, Oscar Isaacs, uh, names I can't remember. Um, and I'm here with... Neil Klingerman. Esperanto Anza. Angela Schurchen. Arrokis. Michael Martin. Mike Fine. Brian Holdren. Laura J. And I, I don't know how to describe what we just watched. <laughs> it was, it's like your mind was annihilated. <laughs> it's, it's like I, my mind was annihilated by rainbows and prism. It, it was a group of women, uh, a biologist, and three, two soldiers, and a psychiatrist. No, 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 no. They're, they're, all, they're all like military scientists. Okay. So they were both soldiers. And scientists well, at the same time. Natalie Portman was a retired. She was the only one who was actually military. Four yeah. Right. Yeah. right. It was a psychiatrist, a biologist, a physicist, an EMT, and an EMT okay. who got right. rejected from an NGO. Oh, okay. Okay, so I missed a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> but That's what she said. It was, uh, there's this thing that comes from out of space, and then there's a shimmer. And they go in to investigate. It looks like it's a comet that actually hit, comes okay. down and it hits a uh, lighthouse. Like right by a lighthouse. Yeah. yeah. 
But it actually like explodes into the lighthouse yeah. and everything goes all weird. Yeah. Um, and we see Natalie Portman, who we think her husband is dead, but then he shows up. <laughs> and uh, after she, being gone for a year. Yeah, after he, he'd been gone for like a year or something. Yeah. She thought he'd been dead for at least six months, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it seems like that's when she gave up. Yeah. Yeah. And he is not like himself. Uh, and then gets carted off in an ambulance, and then they're stopped by the black SUVs, where they're taken to some secret military installation outside of this shimmering thing by the lighthouse. Uh, and then they all decide to go in, and that's when everything goes completely to WTF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so basically, uh, one of the things that the film starts out with is uh, Natalie Portman, who's a biologist, talking about cells and how cell life got its start and how uh, basically all of humanity is descended from one individual cell. And I think that kind of sets the tone of the rest of the movie, sort of the themes of the rest of the film. I don't know if anybody has any thoughts on that. It's so funny. That's what I think of all the time. This movie is silly. It's a silly film. My jinx everywhere. I know, I know. You want to go back to the end. Right. Silly. I know, you'll get annihilated by the racer. Three stooges stuff in there. No, no, this this film is not that. I feel like my initial reaction, I think I literally said it after the movie. I was like, I need a palate cleanser after this. There was There was a lot to digest there, and there was a lot of just I don't know how to describe it other than really gross scenes that I I was good with not seeing. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that was probably the strongest aspect of the movie was the, the creative vision and the visuals, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of computer generated animals and digitally enhanced scenes. So like you said, rainbows and prisms and it's very atmospheric and like except for the fact that I mean you're being eaten alive or potentially going crazy, it's it's very beautiful, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the scenes of death and yeah. Death and yeah. still stuff. There, there, there was a weird beauty to a lot of how the death yeah. worked in that film. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, th- I think the most dramatic one, spoiler alert, is uh, the lady, uh, she was the physicist who got, uh, who ended up becoming plants. Oh, yeah. You know, that was, yeah, Tessa, actually, that was Tessa Thompson's character. Yeah, yeah. Tessa Thompson's character. And, and he gradually see the plants just like take over her whole body. Yeah. And, and she says she accepts it. I learned that's kind of like a metaphor for death in a way. It's like she accepted death and she yeah. became a plant. The people who fought and everything got eaten alive and she, the sounds of the... Yeah, but, but she, she... But when they when they see that the plant that kind of looked humanoid was shaped, I thought they said something like, or at least I interpreted it as, these aren't really people, they're just... They've taken our form, but it was actually mm-hmm. plant life. But then you see her, she just wanders off and becomes one of them. So I don't know if that was right, or maybe there was some truth to it. So I, just, I don't know. So yeah, but I, I, I do think there's a, there's this metaphorical angle that's kind of interesting about her because uh, where the plants were actually forming with her, they, they talk about how. Every character in this group is broken in one way or another. They talk about that, uh, like when they're on the boat, having a bonding moment, 
they're all talking, like, uh, I believe, uh, I'm bad with actresses' names, I know Natalie Portman and, um, Gina Rodriguez. Yeah, and they were talking with each other, and, uh, basically, they talk about how each character is broken in one way or another, and with the physicist, she was broken in that she just kept wanting to, like, uh, kill herself. She had, you know, cuts all over her arm. I don't, I don't think so. I think she was... I don't, I don't yeah. Well, no, she didn't want to kill herself. She just liked cutting herself. Yeah, that's so that's she, that's yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't a suicide. Remember, she even said, "Oh, she's committed suicide." No, I think she was trying to live, and that's how they describe people cut themselves. They're trying to feel something. Oh, gotcha. They want to feel something, and maybe that's why she accepted becoming a plant. Anyways, instead, <laughs> maybe she felt something that she didn't well, feel. and their, the plants were running out of her scars too. Yeah. So yeah, initially. Yeah, may, uh, implying that there's a connection between the two things. So, and then uh, you know the other the other woman was already uh, uh, the psychologist was already suffering from cancer. You know, and if anybody has. Yeah, they they all knew that this was a. Uh, none of the other teams are going to come back out. So they didn't think they were going to come out either, and that's where they got to talking about how they were all broken, and like, well, why are you here? You know, what set of circumstances brought you into this situation where you may not return? Um, and that's when they basically said, well, she's dying of cancer, and we're all kind of broken, and we don't have, you know, families or loved ones or whatever to go back to. Well, it was even more than that. So they, they Natalie Portman's character called suicide, and then she was corrected, like, well, I would characterize it as like, I'll just like you said, I would characterize it as self-destruction. And they had a bit of a, you know, philosophical discussion that self-destruction is inherent in humans. We all do it. Yeah. For whatever reason. And she kind of implied that Oscar Isaacs was destroying his marriage intentionally, I think. <laughs> yeah, the happy marriage. Well, well, we might find out that actually Natalie Portman was the one. Yeah. Because uh, the flashback was, well, Oscar was still around. Right. So, what did he find out about? Maybe that's what he said. No, yeah, so, that's, so that's, that's what I thought. You, yeah. could, you could interpret it as her sort of, you know, making up for the fact that she pushed him away. Yeah, yeah. Well, she does say in the flashback that he knows. Yeah, and, and, okay. and then she says, "I owe it to him." Right? And, then, and that, like, that's also why he left early on the mission. He originally was going to go at a later time, but he decided to leave. And you could tell there was some awkwardness between them mm-hmm. when they were very intimate with each other. And I, I think that that's where it stems from. Like they still love yeah. each other, but they, something wrong. was wrong. Yeah, something was wrong. Thing. Something yeah. was wrong, and he knew something was wrong. You know what I mean? And that's where the awkwardness. They weren't actually like confronting each other about it. Mm-hmm. So, and, that was, and, it, and it, it was sort of a self-destructive act. And that was one thing I was kind of disappointed in. It's like they touched upon all of these very human aspects to the people, and then they had this alien circumstance. So a good part of sci-fi is revealing humanity and whatever situation. Sure. And I didn't see a whole lot of that. It was just go in, you turn into something else, well, and shit well, happens. Well. But there wasn't a whole lot of, like, quandaries or, or moralizing or, or, you know, Look, uh, and then, that would expose something about humanity. I think it gets kind of into an abstract thing with the other yeah. life form, though. I think it, I think that's more about uh, life itself. Like I, the the theme of the film, like humanity itself, is one one uh, uh, one year of life. If you're thinking of the whole film as being like a prism structure, 
Yuck, yuck, yuck. Humanity is one side of that prism. Plant life is another side of that prism. Animal life is another side of that prism. And everything's being refracted back. And uh, I think the alien was actually just a reflection of humanity. You know what I mean? Quite, quite literally at some point. Yeah, yeah, quite literally at some yeah. point. So it was a reflection of humanity. But it also was uh, a mere image. And it also was something that was completely alien and self-destructive in, in a lot of ways. It was, it was destructive of itself and destructive of the environment around it. And what do you think that maybe says about life itself? Life always, like, kills other lives to survive. I don't know. Just well, to, to quote, to quote, to quote. I mean, you're kind of touching on this yourself, but, like, how are we as humans much different from this alien? You know, here we are on this planet, and we are transforming the landscape of our planet to fit what we would desire, just as this alien life form is transforming the environment. Like, it really is this, how are we much different? And it wasn't evil, you know, just like we are an evil. It was just creating something new. And I thought that was really... It just wanted to live. Yeah. Yeah, other than one of the most interesting uh, lines of the movie was, it's not desire, it just is. Yeah. You know, it'd be like, uh, uh, I don't know, why do ants build little ant mounds? Right. Yeah, they were they were trying to say, whoa, this thing was trying to destroy us, or, you know, it was trying to invade us. And he's like, no, I don't think that was its intention. It was just mm -hmm. living. Yeah. And that was just part of what it does, is creating something new. Mm -hmm. And it's really, uh, we talked about, about this a little bit in our car right back. Um, and creating that something new, they really capture it. Uh, Laura, you, you, you kind of put it in a, in a certain way about it, uh, capturing even in the day, even in broad daylight with all the vibrant colors and, and everything. Because it was so familiar yet alien at the same time, it just put you on heat, on, on heat the entire time, even if nothing was going on. And it was broad daylight, this you know, beautiful imagery and everything, but you were still just like, it was just so kind of strange. Like you were just. You were tense at the entire time. It was kind of alien. Right. The whole environment. Yeah, but not like not like a happy go lucky alien. It was a unsettling, creepy, oh my god, am I gonna survive this kind of alien? You know, wow, it's beautiful, but that, that beauty can also like just rip me apart literally, you know. The uh, the creative director obviously had a appreciation of Peter Hager. Oh yeah. Totally. But more colorful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we were talking about the scene about uh, with the alligator. That was the first kind of scary encounter in the movie, and it was just fascinating. But in broad daylight, you know, they were commenting about the flowers, how unique but also beautiful they were. Um, in broad daylight, then all of a sudden, without any visual cue, without any sound, we're all experienced movie watchers. There was no cues. And suddenly, you know, mm -hmm. she, uh, she just gets pulled, and that's frightening. And they were able to um, make something so terrifying in broad daylight was just awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very well done. Usually, a jump scare is like such a cheap, dramatic yeah. technique, and, and that's usually associated with like a loud noise. Right. If not subtle, but there's at least some kind of a sense of foreboding prior to the jump scare, like to, like to make you feel really, really, really tense about it before yeah. the alley happens. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's when I'm just like, we were saying, literally been said. She's like, oh yeah, I just checked this place out. There's no shh. Like, she was literally saying that it's empty. Yeah. <laughs> and then it wasn't. It was good. I mean, I mean, granted, it was sort of a foreboding atmosphere in general, but you didn't know. No. Right. Yeah. What, what was going to come out of it? So anyway, now I, I can see jump scares coming from a mile away. They don't bother me. That was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. I, I jumped. Whoa. I was like, whoa. I was just impressed that they got in boats and went in the water. So that, that, that uh, they're not going to get in the boats now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah they did. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. And, then, and then also like the crocodile. It looks like a crocodile at first, but then. Like, first of all, the way it's moving is not how a crocodile moves. It's way more aggressive. It's way, it's not, it's not behaving like a full-blooded creature. I mean, it's behaving like a, like some kind of weird dinosaur, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's very quick in its movement. I was going to say, it's moving very fast. Yeah, and then you look at its mouth, and it's like, Oh, what's going on? What the hell kind of like <laughs> alien, you know, HR Geiger shit is that? I felt like we were staring into the mouth of, um, this. of the, uh, uh, Demogorgon. <laughs> It looked whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Neil hasn't seen that yet. Yeah, what is that? It looked what I was almost when they were looking into the mouth, I thought of his, like, it was going to regenerate or something like that and then, like, slap down on him or something. I was worried about Like, I was waiting for it and, like, it's still alive. Yeah, but then, like, yeah, one of the characters ends up like literally becoming fused with the bear-like creature that ate her. Also, where is this? Like Florida? Because there's no bears in Florida. Are there? I know, I know. And that's part of what was so frightening about that movie is, is that the setting just didn't quite grasp what the setting was. It could have been a, like, they had alligators, they had bears, they had like... And, and, and it sort of looked like a tempered tempered forest, but things were just off. But they were just created from it too. Yeah. In the um, when they were before prepping them, you know, before they went into the Shimmer and prepping them, um, they said that they sent all sorts of things into the Shimmer, um, droids, animals. Humans, so it's very possible that they could have been sending bears in. Just to <laughs> 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 the only thing that makes sense is that they did talk about the fact we do we, they do um, establish early on that it is a it is a swamp marsh area, area. Um, and so that to me that pointed to southern Florida and then the alligator made sense with them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could have been like coastal Carolina too, you know. Uh, yeah, that's a big swamp, you know. They did brush them stuff away. That's true. With that comment, though, they did brush them stuff away. I would almost be more interested. So, like, I'm fine with the, the sci-fi, the, the explanations, all that. I'm, I'm totally in the universe. I'm, I'm with that. But some of the other stuff is so unbelievable, like, scientifically. You're there four years, you don't know anything. Right. You're you're sending off these expeditions. Hell, even Stranger Things did it better. Where it's like, put the guy in the send him in the thing, <laughs> wait ten minutes, and pull him out. You're going to get data that way. Why did, and why are they going on foot? Why did they go on a jeep? Right. Um, there's like a couple other military things. Also, and the, the most incredible oh. of all, four years, four years in this square mile area of Florida. I understand Florida's weird, but how the hell do you keep that? <laughs> like. It's visible from the air, right? So either like you can either look at stuff through there, or it just looks like a giant Sherman that's visible for months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they have no fly zone. Yeah, okay. So what happened? Yeah, explained no fly zone for four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Military operations. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, oh, swap that, swap that. It's just 
Yeah. Well, there's something about how they said it was like a chemical spill or something. Like yeah. And then yeah. they just so paid Google can... off not to take salary. Yeah. That's right. For you. I mean, that's the way it works with the military installations. They mm-hmm. they blur them out. So. And that is what that was. Yeah. 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 But 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 still, I kind of I kind of felt I I didn't think maybe the exact same things you did, but there were a few times there where I was like, this is a bit of a stretch. This is a bit of a stretch, like hiring her on board. That's kind of how the movie works. Yeah. But, I don't know. I, mean, I, I didn't know what else to do with her either. So. That's true. And she had military experience. Yeah. yeah. That's true. And, I mean, <laughs> and willing. And willing, yeah. yeah and willing. Uh, and uh, uh, she was also but, but I mean, I mean, one of the things I really loved about uh, Garland's last film, Ex Machina, was how convincing the basic setting was. And I, I don't think this one quite went to that level in terms of creating like a really convincing setting. But I could still give the movie liberty just because it's it's a movie, you know. But um, that caught me off guard because the last thing that guy did actually did a really good job. I thought of okay. making something believable, real. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, this was yeah. the end. This was like, supposed to be real, though. Right. Right. This was yeah. a completely new evolution of life. Right. This, this, this wasn't that realistic. Right. That's true. Is sold as something that's supposed to be, be possible. This yeah. is like. This, this is, is more fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you, you can even see it like at the end credits, and the Ex Machina has a very structured pattern at the end credits, whereas this has swirly colored, pretty yeah. swirly yeah. colored things at the end. What is it? It was it was an acid trip at the end. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> the whole movie was an acid. Trip. I I still I still was wondering what mathematical formula did he plug so, in to do that. Another <laughs> slight nuance on Ex Machina. That was original screenplay. This is an adaptation, yeah. and mm-hmm. I mean, I know I haven't read the books, but I know a few people here have. So, what'd you guys think? How did it compare to the book? Um, yeah. So, it plot-wise, very different from the book. Now, it's my understanding there's three books. I've only read the first one, which is Annihilation. Um, but the world like within the shimmer was very accurate to how it was described in the book like with the lushness and everything um as far as the plot points it was very very different um one of the biggest things that the book did that the movie didn't was the characters there was the unreliable narrator in the book and uh the psychologist actually had everybody under hypnosis and she said to like calm everybody so they wouldn't go crazy. And so the word annihilation was her word, the trigger word to terminate, her self-termination. Um, and so uh, the biologist in the book anyways, she was immune to the hypnosis. But again, she's the unreliable narrator. So you didn't really know maybe she made up the whole hypnosis thing. You know, and so there's a lot more if you didn't know what was real, what wasn't, are hmm. people crazy, are they under hypnosis? And there's also a lot more of the team like fighting each other, going against each other and going crazy. Um, so you saw a little bit of that in the movie, mm-hmm. but that was a much bigger focus in the book. Hmm. This, it almost sounds like this would have been better as like a, a full-length series where they can really dive more into mm-hmm. the different relationships mm-hmm. and their backstories and... Because that sounds really interesting. Yeah, I kind of wish we had seen that. At the same time, I think a majority of series that would do something like this wouldn't be quite as visually 
interesting because you have to have a pretty freaking big budget. Well, HBO has off. a pretty big budget. Well, yeah, I just felt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I just I couldn't see HBO doing a show like this, you know. Um, you know, as far as I've, I've seen TV go, is something like Breaking Bad, you know, where it's, uh, you know what I mean? It's still quite a bit more dialogue based. It's quite a bit less atmospheric. This is more along the lines of True Detective. The first season of True Detective does have some mystical elements, I'll say, and it's very atmospheric as well. Hmm. So, so I'm getting a little more into um, some of the, the various things. When they, when they first got in, they cut to a scene with Oscar Isaac and Alan Portman, and then went back to like almost immediately back to an alley apartment in her tent. And she gets out and they're all like, how long have we been here? When did we set up camp? Mm -hmm. um, and this sort of, sort of ties into the end as well. Were they all, like, were they all replaced? Like, were these their duplicates that were experiencing these things? Mm -hmm. we, we don't, we don't know. And and even the end left it very ambiguous, yeah. where you're not 100% certain if you're looking at the real Kane and Natalie Portman. Well, you're pretty sure you're not looking at the real Kane. Yeah, so Natalie Portman is 50-50, but no, I had a feeling just because no, of the film. No, she has a shine of eyes, also yeah, yeah, burned yeah. down, so knowing that there are two more movies after this, I'm going to put my money on she's not her. Yeah. <laughs> but... And that's another unrealistic thing. You know this guy's an alien. She said as much. Let's throw someone in with her. Or with him. I mean, why would they even let those two together? Like, the same people are not saying. That's my problem. But, I mean, only seeing right? See only saw the video. Everyone doesn't know that that guy's the alien. So, unless they were recording yeah. that particular... Well, so, that... And, I mean, the movie leads you to believe that she told that story to that, you know... Well, we don't know that for sure. We don't know what she told her. Right. Or if she was just remembering... We don't know. We don't know a lot. That's, yeah. I mean, yeah. just like Natalie Portman kept answering questions, but we don't know. If she doesn't know, then we don't know. Right. But, I mean, yeah. Well, that's a, that was so much of making this. I think the film. I think the film made made you want to question everything. Even, yeah. Even if even if there wasn't as much emphasis on unreliable narration, mm -hmm. you still didn't fully trust everybody in that film. You didn't trust the perception of the film. You didn't mm -hmm. trust the perception of the reality that you were looking at. I think and, that's exactly. Well said. I mean, that's really the way to watch the movie is don't believe anything you're looking at because you don't know. As a reader, you get the viewer, you don't know because the characters don't know. Yep. And the narration doesn't know. It's just, you're just a part of it. As soon as they came out of the tents and were talking about their missing time, mm -hmm. and then they started seeing some of the other stuff going on, like with the, the two deer creatures, deer-ish creatures. The deer-ish yeah, creatures that had flowers on their yeah, yeah, flowers and the antlers. But that was really beautiful. Yeah, yeah, they were my favorite creatures. Yeah, in there. And that was really cool. Um, but they were mimicking each other exactly. Oh. And oh. I started yeah. wondering, like, okay, so yeah, one was, are they not really kind of dark more darkish and more rainy? Right, so yeah. one was, one one was originally a deer and one was <laughs> The, the way they showed it, like the beard, the other one came off of it behind his head. Yeah, and, uh, like visually, they were. So, but I mean, but I mean, like the whole theme of the movie revolves around prisms. You know what I mean? Like, and self-healing. 
Yeah, exactly. And cell splitting, I mean, cell splitting itself is kind of like a prism, because the cells like split right. apart and then they differentiate. So if you look inside a prism, you're going to see mirror, mirror images, but they're all stored in one way, shape, or form. So when you're looking at, at Natalie Portman with your alien clone thing, mm -hmm. that's what that is. Even the sound that it's making is like weird, distorted, like yeah. human speech yeah. in a way, or movement. Uh, and then like, uh, you know, the, the, the different creatures are going to be making weird, distorted sounds. Plant and animal life are going to be mixing with each yeah. other. DNA itself is going to be starting. The plot of the movie even is sort of, from a timeline perspective, kind of fractured. Yeah. They, they even mentioned that uh, everything was being refracted inside the... Right. So Which I think that's what you're getting at. Mm -hmm. yeah. I did like that scene in the beginning. Right, when their hands are touching with the water glass, that was yeah. well done. But, um, yeah, yeah, water is a big theme with that. And water also keeps reappearing in the film. And that also is a form of refraction, like refraction through water. And then I thought narratively, the interesting thing was the timeline shifting back and forth in different areas. Different areas. So even time itself was being refracted in different ways throughout the movie because of different, you know, flashbacks and flash words. Well, there's also another thing with time, you know, there, there's definitely uh, a there's some kind of relativity thing going on with that shimmer because, you know, she was gone for two weeks and. No, she thought she was there for about two weeks, and at the very most, and he's like, no, you were gone for four months. Mm -hmm. Right, that's not a thing. Yeah, well, and the radio waves being all screwed up. And I just realized, I asked her, did you eat? I don't remember eating anything. Yeah, yeah. and we never like, saw them eat anything. Yeah, yeah. even, even more They know that their food was being consumed. Yeah. Because they brought, they, they bring it up when they're trying to act and make themselves yeah. and figure out where they are. We just saw her drink water, which we also saw Oscar Isaac do after he had come out of the shimmer. Mm -hmm. So she didn't uh, have multiple organ failure. No, no, though. she didn't. Well, I was waiting for that and didn't have it. He felt he feels better. Well, yeah, he, but he still had to go through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But she, I think I think he recovered because the the weird alien distortion prism thing burned down. Mm -hmm. Maybe not well, that. Didn't I know, they I say like he was lucid? After she, didn't they say he was lucid right after she went in? Oh, okay. Not funny. Right after, 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 after she went away. After she went away. Okay. So it can all be an act by that particular creature well, see, just to make the story up because they are creating the event yeah. through the humans, right? Are. Well, yeah. That's what I was wondering too. Like, if everything else connected to the Shimmer like was destroyed, why was Oscar Isaac's character still around, or was it because he was outside of that field? I think it was more that, like, so in the alien's quest to become human, it got human enough that, like, the shimmer was destructive to it, and so he had to go whole hog into the hmm. shimmer. I'm wondering if I'm reading too much into this. There was that, so when they went into that small community and they went into the one of the houses, they showed the staircase and the the picture and it looked identical to what she had in her house. So I was wondering if there was some connection there. Yeah, oh, that freaks me out. That was her house. <laughs> yeah. But they were in it. Just looked like it was from the 1970s. And she she hmm. gave that look too, like whoa, wait, yeah. we have a picture right here too, or maybe it was the same picture. I'm not sure. I only have the same picture because she actually told me. Oh, it's um, like you have in a dream in a way. You go in your dream and you're like, this feels like my house, but it's not my house. You know. Where we were. Because they have yeah. the scene with Oscar, Oscar Isaac on the staircase as well. Mm -hmm. Also, like he had been in that same house, you know, in the shimmer, maybe. I don't know if it, 
Yeah, the whole time I was like, wait, how? This doesn't because it's not even anywhere for like let's say the shimmer like like mimics uh, can can recreate let's say because anything goes here in this movie um, let's could recreate uh, duplicate um, not living things as well they wouldn't have had a chance to do that with that house anyway so I was just like why well they never they when they it's like I recognized you from the room. Yeah, but yeah. it did it did affect inanimate objects because like sand itself, sand is made out of silica compounds, yeah. and it, it, it became crystal silicon basically yeah. when it was re reorganized. Yeah. Like the actual matter was rearranged to form giant crystals. Right, we, my, we didn't see that though with like drywall. That's true. Like there was nothing going on. Like you know, like all we saw was that um, also like the tumors, the malignant stuff, was touching. Uh, a lot of the man-made objects, um, but it wasn't doing anything different to it. It was well, just we don't, we don't know what those communities looked like beforehand. And jumping off of what Sharon was saying earlier, mm -hmm. he like when we see him with Natalie Portman after he's back and all weird, he did say something like, "Oh, I saw you from the room. Yeah, I just appeared you. just outside the room." Mm -hmm. so, yeah, almost like he like appeared as opposed to actually like traveling. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Of well, right, and that's the question: How did he escape? And then also the alien at one point, when she's climbing out of the hole, it was ahead of her. Yeah, yeah, it so was in front of her, so it, it has some kind of teleport ability or something. Yeah. Right, no, it refracted through there you go. three. That's why I mean it's very possible. There's, you know, it, that's, that is possible. It could have gone travel through like the roots of Sumi or something like that. And the thing was, you know. It was not foil in the beginning of it's like true. Yeah, but, but you're true. you're in a you're in a world where literally like compasses are spinning around and rainbows are appearing everywhere and like uh, life is by being rearranged in weird ways. You know what I mean? You could probably rearrange your molecules and appear in another place. In right. the show the, the last part where the psychologist got like ruptured and then her entire body goes like into the shimmer, right? So that gives a clue of maybe yeah, they were really do it, yeah. Yeah. another moment. I'm like, why are you going into the hole? Like <laughs> I feel like I'm good. Bye. Yeah. You know, I just normally normally like in this kind of movie, you're like, no, don't go in the hole, but I wanted to see what was in the hole. I did. I was perfectly fine. This is basically Orion meets Heart of Darkness. So you know who's going to be the, the ultimate fight, but there was no the horror. No, the it was, horror. That, that's the thing. It was it, oh. There was an adventure down the hole, not like some scary creature or stalker thing mm -hmm. trying to kill her. Yeah, and while, it, while it was a terrifying adventure, it was still an adventure. Yeah, right. right. Absolutely terrifying. Uh, by the way, whoever did the sound design on the uh, mere human thing, mere mm -hmm. alien thing, yeah. was brilliant. Mm -hmm. Like every move it made, like was just kind of weird and terrifying. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and the fact that it was mimicking Portman and oh. gradually becoming more and more like her. You know? One, one yeah. The theater, uh, it puts the step in dubstep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did say that. Uh, she had a body double, so I assume that was a body double in some kind of green suit or something. Well, it was clearly taller than her for the vast majority of that scene. It's only when it, like, a small face that was, like, her size. <laughs> right. I didn't pay that much attention. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I mean, there, as the scene kept going, though, like, it kept getting more and more like her, and I was like, yeah. it's going to turn into Yeah, her. yeah, mm -hmm. that was pretty obvious. There was the one actress that had humanoid in her as her, her character title, so I'm assuming they oh. actually had... Mm -hmm. 
And it was one of the, she was like, That's humanoid right. slash med students. I'm like, the, okay, I guess they're double for purpose. They're double, yeah. They get the double some speaking lines. It just goes, <laughs> well, what do you want to bet? That, the, that was actually lines that she spoke. And then yeah. uh, the director actually, the sound director actually refracted yeah. those waves uh, and made them all. It's probably that lady who asked her about the paper on the way down the stairs after class. It's probably. It might have been, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been fun. <laughs> um, slightly different topic. Um, I really, I thought the acting was really good in this. Um, I'm a really big fan of Tessa Thompson, um, and I thought she did a really good job um, in this role. She, I, I feel like she, this was like a softer role than what she typically plays, but mm -hmm. I thought she did a really good job with it. And I really enjoyed how she played up the different subtleties of her character and the different, you know, pain and suffering, but kind of like the mask that she put on. Mm -hmm. She's it, she's been she's gotten a lot of she's gotten a lot of really good characters um, recently, with the exception maybe to Westworld. Um, that was kind of a nothing character yeah. that they gave her. But um, yeah, I, when, I, when I saw when I saw her sitting at the table, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. This is gonna be this is gonna be a good movie, you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I I agree. Yeah. And, and she, she was a paramedic one, right? No, she's the no. physicist. Oh, she yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she was the physicist. Uh, Gina Rodriguez was the EMT. Right. Uh, it was too bad. No. Navani was. Yeah. Yeah. Too Navani was uh yeah was uh t was Cass. Yep. And then Jennifer Jason Leigh was Ventress. Again, if you had a longer series, you can then show some investment in the characters as they gel as a team before going in, and then. Yeah, but but I, but I I have to admit for the time period that the film had, I think it did a pretty good job of depicting each character as having. They did a pretty good job of having each character show off like their various neuroses and personality aspects, like whether they were more shy or more aggressive or more you know like like actually that character you know I immediately thought she was convincing to me as a physicist, just sort of a quiet. You know, math nerd type that just having to get thrown in the military. You know, maybe has some pain underneath. You know, all that quiet facade. You know, more convincing than Denise Richards as a nuclear physicist. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! What was that? That was. Oh, it was a lot of oh, yeah. James Bond movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you forgot that. You forgot about that one, didn't you? <laughs> I think all. Of, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's not memorable at all. Uh, yeah, characters and women were much more believable as as scientists, and I really enjoyed that. It was it was interesting. It was a different take on, you know, like in Aliens, you see like the Marines go charging in, mm -hmm. and, but the Marines have already gone charging in and come back. So well, let's send in the scientists. Maybe they'll have better luck. And that's interesting because yeah, all the teams have always been. They said they were mostly men charging yeah. in, mostly military yeah. men. Yeah. And yeah. now they're going to send female scientists in. And well, I guess they had some luck. They brought it down. They still they were sort of hybrid in that they still got some military training, but it wasn't the hardcore soldiers that they were sending in. That's the people who were 
is there to be scientists who are back, you know, support personnel. Yeah. Those yeah, are the woman's job. Yeah, when that when, <laughs> when they brought that up and they and, you know they made that point like hot take that James Cameron. Because <laughs> <Yes>. they <laughs> went the opposite way with uh, Avatar where you know the scientists were not getting anywhere. It's like, oh let's send this blank slate soldier guy and like mm-hmm. that ended up being the catalyst of the movie and so like, <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, that's not how that would work. <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of appreciate that though, it's kind of an anti Hollywood thing, because Hollywood's all about all oh, those dumb scientists don't know. Oh, anything. Let's have the brute force. Yeah, no, dog working Joe's. Yeah. You know, solve everything. That's I think. Uh, I think. What's his name? Uh, is the absolute worst at it. Uh, Michael Bay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, of, like, I mean, he's the absolute worst at everything. He's the worst. <laughs> he is the worst. But it's somebody that will just hammer that stupid point in over and over yeah. again, just to like gain cred with you know as broad an audience as possible, which mm-hmm. is stupid. Now he is good at the hero shot. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, I will say this about Mike. This is getting way off topic. I will say this about Michael Bay. He can direct a really good commercial. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that his movie is like two hours of awesome commercial shots. Oh, yeah. It's a two-hour Gatorade commercial. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But anyways. On that note. <laughs> On that note. Back to good cinema. Yeah, good cinema. Um, I can't say I really liked the movie. You know, like even with all the questions, you know, and everything that. Yeah, I thought we're very unanswered. I, I think this is worth watching it several more times just to see. Just try and catch a couple more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really do hope they make the, the sequel so we can see more of whatever the fuck was going on. <laughs> 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 yeah, very much so. I, uh, that was a movie too where, like, even the end credits had me, like, entranced. You know, just listening to the mm-hmm. music, yeah. watching the pretty colors. Um, and I just kind of observed, observing the whole thing, and like, um, that's, that's the first film I've seen in a little while where I really felt like I needed to like digest it. Um, and that's always a good thing when you're watching a movie, even if you're like totally on the edge of your seat, you feel totally uncomfortable while watching it. You're like, yeah. I want to know more. Yeah. I have to think about what I just saw. And so I think this movie, I know there were several articles that came out that was putting this in the same vein as Mother. And I mean, I had similar reactions. I had the same, like, <laughs> saying, like, WTF, what did I just watch to both movies? <laughs> Though obviously both movies are completely different. Except I would never watch Mother again. Yeah, I don't get to see Mother again. That's an Arnowski trademark. I saw it once. I'm good. I'm good. I guess, I don't know. You had to pay me to watch the stuff at the end of, uh, um, oh, what was it? Requiem for a Dream. Nope. Requiem for a Dream is when you're just feeling really bad about your, or you're just, or you're too happy or something. Is that what the movie should be, though? Is like, is it just uncomfortable? Because it's like, essentially a sci-fi movie. So, I mean, that's the question with these movies is they were both uncomfortable in their different respects and both a little out there, you know, in their different ways. But that's the question is like, should Hollywood be investing more in these types mm-hmm. of movies that are complex and complicated, but make you think? Yeah. If, if they can share stuff like this out, then definitely because, you know, it is, it is uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable, but like I kept wanting, I kept my except for the hole in the tree in the, in the like, I, was, <laughs> I was like, don't take the next step. Come on. I want like, please keep this rolling. I want to see what the next thing is here. 
Um, but the tree I'm looking at, I'm like, why are you saying the tree? Lighthouse. Lighthouse. Uh, the lighthouse. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you know what? You know what? We got the lighthouse. We're good. You made it. You go with me. Let me look in. It does kind of feel, has a feeling to the tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it feels like she's going into like the roots of the tree. Yeah. yeah, it's got like a roots. Yeah. The lighthouse yeah, itself could be like a tree of life, if you think about it. Well, and right. I like how they, um, she, she actually established that really early on when she first noticed, like, oh, it's all one organism. Like, it's all one single organism. It's all rooting back to this tree. It's um, interesting that tree. Tree. <laughs> <laughs> interesting that you mentioned the point about Chippewa used to be continuously this intelligent and creative, and I think so, but uh, I was just reading up, and I guess uh, this movie had a huge problem with the financier from Paramount. Uh, he wanted uh, Natalie Portman to be a softer character, and he wanted a much different ending, and I guess he kept putting heads with the writer. Yeah. And uh, Ed, as a result of that, we're only getting the movie in theaters in the U.S. and Canada, and Netflix is distributing it around the rest of the world. Wow. Which wow. Uh, plug on international oh, wow. uh, appeal for, for this movie. So and that, only domestic. Which is, which is, that's also why I didn't play very well. But it's, got, it's got so much more substance than most of what we mm -hmm. more yeah. are. But this is what Brian and I were joking about this. We're like, can you imagine someone in another country be like, oh, let's watch the latest Natalie Portman movie. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's on Netflix. What? After Black Swan, they should expect many things. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, I mean, I agree. Hollywood should make more movies like this. I just can't get over, like, the, the common sense stuff. Like, in my mind, Arrival was a much better movie in this vein where... The reactions of like military, the world, like hey, you're not keeping that secret. And D, like everyone in the movie made more sense to me than a lot of the. I'm fine with people in the shimmer being going crazy because that's part of it, but like everyone outside the shimmer also. Yeah, and, and I mean, I agree with that criticism. I still liked the movie a lot, mm -hmm. but I agree with that criticism. Uh, but you know, the movie I compare it to because even the ending had a, the same theme as Ex Machina, and yeah. it's the same director, and I I really kind of felt that like. He did a better job of the same kind of stuff, mm -hmm. but again, you could argue that you could argue this is more of a dream world. That's that's a yeah. world. This is a world based off of organisms, and it's all fuzzy. That's a world based off of machines, and it's all ordered and structured. Mm -hmm. So binary versus chaos. Yeah. Right. Um, to answer some of your questions, um, the book actually answered some of that stuff, but they just chose to change in the movie. So, for instance, one of your issues you said was it didn't make sense that they would send Natalie Portman in after only like a week. Um, in the book, it was like two years. Um, where she was like training between like when her husband arrived and then the training period and then when she was sent huh. to the exposition. It was a much longer period of time. And then, uh, at least in the book, as far as why did they travel on foot? Why didn't they bring more technology? Why didn't they do like stranger things? Um, and they touched on a little bit, but they had tried all of that in previous expeditions and it didn't work. I mean, so that could have been explained like in a sentence or two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, um, and they, they touched on it, but I kind of want to see them try that. that would I, just would kind of, I just kind of assumed, you know, like they they, they clearly weren't like stupid people. You know, they weren't, they weren't there was no gross incompetence. I didn't get the yeah, no, 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 I didn't do that feeling either. And also, you'll you notice as they find all the stuff that's left behind by the other people. You can actually see the different things that they brought with them, the different things that they tried. But after, after four years, her explanation was, could be, yeah, could be a religious bit, yeah, we don't know. Yeah, I'll give you that. Like, you know, well, that we'll get back to tell them. Yeah. I mean, the part you know, with the people uh, leaving behind stuff, you know, that was really cool for me. That's really like what humankind is like, you know, we have knowledge left out and like from 
if somebody was going ahead of us, let's say in the forest, mm -hmm. and they leave something, knowing that somebody would come after them, you know, mm -hmm. so that was really cool, you know. Those camcord batteries last a long time too. Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking about that as well. Yeah. Well, well, it was at like ten percent. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah, I thought the camera was going to cut what like me right like right before he right, so she wouldn't get the answer because this woman doesn't want to answer anything for us. So I thought that I was like, oh, you actually gave us an answer. Wow. I thought it was going to be like, oh god, the batteries are going to die. And well, that's it. People be tricked, you know, like guys out and then they say. Next yeah. movie, you'll find out, right? Maybe, Maybe, it you know. depends if it's the same director or a different director who decides to throw out or anything. True. Yeah, that's kind of They'll have to get a different financier because Paramount hated it. Yeah. Well, it is a real shame. Yeah, so, yeah. And that's another thing is like, I think they did, I mean, they did tell us what, but what they did tell us was. Almost too straightforward, and there were not enough twists in my mind. Like Ex Machina is another good example where, like, I mean, you can see it coming, but like that one lady's the robot, and like all the stuff that he did without him knowing. So there's like enough twists and turns to keep you invested. This was is unknown, and then refraction, and that's an alien. That's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, if I, to, if I had to pick between the two movies, I think Ex Machina is better. But I think what this movie does, in lieu of having that kind of twisty drama. Is it, it builds tension and suspense. Yeah. Yeah. They do a really good job of keep building and building and building. Like, there's a film where I sort of wandered at the beginning, but by the third act of the movie, I was just completely glued to the screen because it was terrifying. I'm with that, but there was just not, in my mind, a good release of the tension, if you will. I think it's a series, right? So they are not done with those two, like, I think someone was talking about Adam and Eve, right? Yeah, like living and mm -hmm. so they can really play around like how aliens or even new species react with like the existing species and the world. Okay. So I think the Uber movie we were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like the, 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 the movie was kind of like uh, right. 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 Ultimately, it'll be the showdown between, you know what I mean, that and organic life, and I don't know, throw in some silicon-based life forms, and yeah. you'll, you'll have, you'll have like, a, a really dumb sequel that'll be produced on this movie. Like, you gotta write it now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of like what I was taking away from it, you know, she was saying like, oh, you know, you guys have been sort of, it's not an evil life form or anything, like it just mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it, got, it, 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 arrived on, it arrived on Earth, and it's like, oh, well, here's, here's, here's the tools. I want like what can I do with these tools to you know what 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 are they capable of what can be done with them it was it was just experimenting pretty much like I feel like it was you know it was just experimenting with what it had in front of it which was you know plant and you know organic life yeah um, carbon based organic life which may have been something that I hadn't ever encountered before um, and then as a result you just get this like really creepy and uh, you know mirror images thing. So, I um, think it kind of fits with that narrative as, you know, when you're looking at it that way. So, do we have any final final thoughts? Have we covered everything? I don't think the movie has any final thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> the, movie's final thought, the movie's final thought was, it's over. Okay. <laughs> That's probably my only my own real issue with movies. Like, yeah. Okay, here you go, bye. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. I'm kind of on the fence. Yeah. Here you go, bye. <laughs> <laughs> In the theater. <laughs>
It yeah. might end there because it costs forty million to make, and domestic box office as of this recording is twenty three million. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, that's not good. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I can see this becoming a cult hit. Yeah. Most. Mm, uh, yeah. But I also don't think this was designed for a sequel necessarily because, again, like Ex Machina is kind of the same way, and that, that never was meant yeah. for a sequel. They left it open, but not like. You yeah. Know, like, and you don't, you don't have to have closure and an ending. If, you're not going to get a sequel. And that, that is the difference between like American cinema versus a lot of foreign cinema. A lot more uh, overseas productions, you know, are less into like having like neat, tidy bow endings. Yeah. You know, and, and from my opinion, I like open ended endings, other than like the Hollywood of like the 70s. And uh, in the 70s, Hollywood did open endings. Yeah. Uh, but other than that time period, Hollywood doesn't do it. And 90, 9 out of 10 times, I think Breaking Bad was the only example where they tied the ending up in a nice bow and I liked it. I always prefer the endings where it's like, what the hell just happened? I gotta think about it. I almost got annoyed if they explained too much for me towards the end. This is what this really meant and everything. It's like, I'm a big girl. I can figure this out. You know, I don't need to be spoon fed. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 think, I think you're, you're right. It respects yeah. you more as an audience. Yeah. So, I just didn't like the like little, like little nothing. There's like nothing to explain. Well, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I like it. I like. I like it. Like I'm okay with open endings, but like it wasn't an open ending. It was just. Eh. At the same time, I think it makes it a lot more conductive to conversation on podcasts. <laughs> 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 it was a self-serving ending. <laughs> <laughs> it was all right, folks. Come on, next right, 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 Oh, I don't think Fairy Tale is the only happy one here. They're about as clean as happy endings go. All right. Well, let's end the. Let's end the and Gabe and I look almost like his brothers, you know. Yeah. And just like start mimicking each other. Okay, I will cease to pretend to know who you are. <laughs> You're just not doing that. Uh, I don't know. Which one of us is going to make like a meter? And I started like, sadly, due to the podcast medium, no one can see any of that. I mean, that's a good thing. Oh. I didn't mean sadly. That was a good thing. Oh. <laughs> I agree. Just imagine two nice boys from Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I think to end things off, does anyone have any recommendations in movies you've seen or TV shows or anything like that? I totally forgot to ask before the podcast started, so sorry. <laughs> I related to this? No, not My favorite Netflix show ever came back today is called Love. It's a John Avatar movie, or John Avatar show with Jillian Jacobs, and it is and Paul Rust, and it's absolutely phenomenal. The final season started today, season three, and yeah, it is the best thing in my opinion that Netflix has made. It's a trailer. Awesome. What's oh, nice that? LA. Yeah, in LA. Uh, well, fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it take, the whole thing takes place in LA. But I'm thinking a different show. Speaking of shows that are returning, Unreal has returned for its third season. It had a bit of a bumpy second season, but there are two episodes in, so we'll see how this one goes. For anyone who doesn't know, Unreal is a show that was created by a former Bachelor producer, and it's set on essentially the set of The Bachelor, 
but it's about the behind the scenes of what the, all the producers do to more or less manipulate the contestants into getting the show that they want. Oh. The first season's really fascinating. Second season is not so great. We'll see how the third season goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so anyone who loves trashy reality TV and wants a fictional <laughs> story about what happens behind the scenes. I saw a really good animated film that in, in the world was just should have won the Oscar mm-hmm. uh, for best animated feature called The Breadwinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was about uh, life in Afghanistan for a teenage girl. And that also was pretty intense because, you know, yes. I've seen another movie that involved a teenage girl disguised as a boy and set in Afghanistan, and it didn't end well. No. Um, That's but, quite disturbing. But uh, called Kandahar. But uh, The Breadwinner is still very good, and I highly recommend it if you want to see an animated film that's actually like kind of serious, uh, you know, aimed more at like teenagers and up, uh, you know, uh, dealing with more uh, sophisticated themes and a very nice art direction, too. So it's worth a, worth a look. Uh, I just started uh, Jessica Jones season two. Yeah, we watched the first episode last <laughs> Yeah, time. I watched the first two. Oh, I'm enjoying it so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got, it still has that same you know, level of intensity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like still palatable. Yeah. So, palatable. So, big words. It, it sounds like you're not going to make any more Defenders, which I'm okay with. I don't need to see more Iron Fist. Yeah, I skipped <laughs> Defenders. I tried to watch. I watched the first episode and just wasn't feeling it. Yeah, it, you're not really missing much. Yeah. I heard that it kind of centered around Iron Fist. It did. Okay, so. Yeah, because everyone loved Iron Fist, right? <laughs> so let's make a whole another series about him. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, Netflix? Oh, Luke let's, Cage. Let's make a series around Jessica Jones. Okay. <laughs> and maybe uh, Daredevil. <laughs> that could be And Luke. Yeah, Luke just, just not Iron Fist. Yeah. If you guys call in New York, it's still totally a slum. <laughs> <laughs> That's my only issue with that show, by the way. My only issue. Well, it doesn't a little place, anachronistic. It doesn't like, take place in this universe. That's true. Uh, yeah, it's true. Marvel universe. Those those characters exist because it's a different universe. That's true. That's true. Anyways, um, anybody else? On the topic of superheroes, the last one I saw was uh, Black Panther, which yes. won a late party about uh, excellent all around. Yeah, yeah. So I can see it tomorrow. So. Oh, thanks. You'll enjoy it. I really think that Annihilation is actually suffering because of Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Like, yeah. Like, it's, it's not. It, like, I think. It, I think it could have been. I think it could be doing better financially right now. But. Yeah, that would eat up a lot of the audience. Would be into like a yeah. cerebral sci-fi film. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. So I had to, but I mean, I I'm not a I'm not yes. a big superhero guy, and uh, like this is like I, any chance I get to see something that's cerebral sci-fi, I jump on it. So, uh, and I think we've been getting more of these films lately, which is really nice. <laughs> so, I mean, it's still a rare treat, but we've been getting more of them. I think we we've just we've got two or three decent sci-fi directors now. Yeah. So that's more than we've had in the last. 30 years. So. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty consistent. It isn't just like 2001 and then like 30 years later. <laughs> uh, all right. So I think that's it. Um, you can find us on Twitter at FilmConchNita. And if you want to send us suggestions or send us an email, um, reach us at filmconch at gmail.com. Uh, next, I think we're going to have the Isle of Dogs coming up. 
and we'll see what we do for April. We'll be thinking about that. That's our, our bad movie month. <laughs> we'll see what we do this time around. Um, all right, thanks, and we'll see you next time.